It's cyclic. It's repetitive. There's not a whole lot of conventional song structure in today's Queen Deep Dive. No. In fact, when I was doing my research for this, it's funny that it hadn't occurred to me just how repetitive this song is. And I think that speaks to how fun it is and addicting it is and how pleasurable it is to listen to. All of those things crossed my mind as I was diving into this latest Queen track. Track number three on their 10th album, Hot Space, released in 1982. This is dive number 111. One, one, one. <laughs> and today, we're talking John Deacon, his first contribution to this album, Backchat, Backchat, Back Chat. This is easily the most funky pop thing we get on Hot Space, more than any other song on the album. We are deep in dance here. And this is fun. This is, it's intense, yes. The lyrics are quite harsh. But the song itself is a groove. And it's very enjoyable. I'm not the only one who thinks so. I'll talk a little bit more about my feelings around this. But I want to get into the nitty-gritty because this song surprisingly has a lot of information behind it. I was surprised when I went back and looked at my notes for the previous two numbers from Hot Space. Staying Power and Dancer, Dancer. And I, I couldn't believe how much I had here with Backchat. Because again, this is not... It doesn't seem that interesting. The chord progressions are, it's over and over and over. But there are little things in here sprinkled throughout, like little goodies of chocolates and treats and the good stuff. And they pop out of nowhere. And they make this very exciting and very fun to listen to. And this is all snappy, poppy, soulful John Deacon. Of course, he loves soul. Maybe I should say loved, but I'm sure he still does. So I can say that. He loves soul music and pop. Very different than the rest of the guys, save maybe Freddie. I think Freddie and John had some more similarities when it came to their personal taste in music. And here we get full on funky, in a way so much so that John really drives this track almost entirely from start to finish. And Brian had to. I don't want to say beg, but he had to convince John to include more guitar here. Brian was probably like, dude, I need some time. First of all, second of all, this song would be fantastic with a little more grit of guitar in it. And I think that was the right call. Back Chat was a single. It was a remix single released August 9th of 1982 in the UK. It was also the B-side to the U.S. Release of Stay in Power. You know what, though? The Back Chat remix single. It isn't really a remix. <laughs> a remix is, at least in this day and age, a different beat, a different chord progression. Maybe a song is in a major key and the producer that remixes it puts it in the relative minor key. There's usually something very, very different with a remix. But this is essentially the same song just slightly tweaked as its own single release. And we'll talk more about that. It did chart number 40 in the UK 
number 18 in South Africa, and number 19 in Ireland. So this song, number 40, nothing to really toot your horn about, I suppose, but it's kind of interesting given the general sentiment around Hot Space that it charted at 40, honestly. We're at 119 beats per minute, almost a perfect 120, also a pretty good tempo if you're thinking about CPR. <laughs> I talked about that with Another One Bites the Dust. Do you guys remember that? How people talk about how the tempo of Another One Bites the Dust is the perfect tempo for performing CPR. But staying alive is a much better message and an option. Absolutely. We're in a basic, simple, common time signature of 4-4 and one key of A minor. And what is back chat? What are we singing about? You burn all my energy. You burn all my energy. That's what we're singing about. This is a shouting match. Maybe not a shouting match, but this is someone shouting at another person who is tired of back chat, back talk, slaps in the face, always getting in the face. They're tired of it. And Freddie sings about this so well with his sass and attitude. This is slick. It's snappy. It's repetitive, yes, and more cyclic. Easily the danciest, most modern track at the time on Hot Space. And it stands out from Queen's entire catalog as a very disco pop jive. I would say even going forward, we don't get a lot of songs like this. John is all over this, performing nearly all instruments, save brief solos and Freddie's razor-sharp vocal performance. The precise rhythm guitar the driving percussion, all in the style of our composer. Bass and guitar in unison, in a chord progression that persists through most of the track. Freddie's vocal is aggressive, antsy, it's edgy, and very accusing. He's dynamic, he's energetic, reminding of Don't Try Suicide or Get Down, Make Love. There are other numbers, of course, with Freddie driving the vocals in such a way that it reminds of this, but those are the ones for me that come to mind the most. For Brian's part, we get a brief but impressive solo that I think stands out against the tight rhythm guitars, additional power chords. Honestly, his solo in this song is very memorable. We talk about Brian's playing being lyrical, singable. In fact, I am presently teaching myself how to play the Bohemian Rhapsody soulful guitar solo that comes before the operatic piece. <laughs> I'm actually teaching myself how to play that on violin. It's quite fun. The run is difficult. That's where I'm getting stuck. Back to back chat. We get Roger appearing for a syncopated drum machine solo. And together, John and Freddie own this. They drive the music and the lyrics to a satisfying and stylish groove. Truly, you can dance to this. And coming from John, no surprise, it's tight, polished, plenty of attitude. I have some information about performances. It was performed live, 20 performances entirely in 1982. And live, John's bass is iconic. Another simple riff that sticks, not unlike his previous amazing hit, Another One Bites the Dust. And the faster tempo when this is live. 
Brian shining on guitar. Obviously, we get a lot more of him on guitar on a stage. Roger giving us cymbals and brief but snappy energetic flourishes and fills galore. The song even starts with Roger on that hi-hat, flying away and on that downbeat with the bass drum. This faster speed doesn't hold Freddie back one bit. He's on top of the lyrics, all the attitude in the world, jiving with the audience, as he always did. We get that keyboard in the background, of course, but this really, really thrives in a live setting. A longer outro, woohoo! Freddie plays along and trades off with Brian on guitar. They have this musical conversation. All the guys add their special somethings here. There's even a dreamy psychedelic breakdown going into Brian's solo. I like that touch. The synth drum sounds, the lights, the soaring bent notes. John at the end. He goes into a higher octave, plays the heck out of his bass. He improvises. It's almost like he has his own little solo in the background. Those melodic runs. This is a great song on stage. I think I actually like it more because we get more of everyone in the studio on the album. This is so much John, which is not a bad thing. I've talked about John wanting more John in other tracks. And there are songs that he's not on at all. In fact, was he not on Dancer at all? There's another song on Hot Space where he's completely absent. That happens from time to time. But here we get a lot of John, which is exciting. And obviously, Freddie's at the forefront because he's singing all of the vocals here. We don't have any backing vocals from Brian or Roger. Brian and Roger are here briefly in the studio, but on a stage, they're all together rocking this out a little bit faster, a little bit heavier, and just as much grit and attitude, and then some. It's fantastic. I have some fun facts about back chat. John contributes bass and rhythm and lead guitar, synthesizers, and drum machines, the LM1 drum machine, to be exact. Brian contributes a guitar solo, as well as some power chords. Roger, the Simmons drums. And Roger apparently hates the official video for this song, made clear in his comments on the video commentary of Greatest Video Hits 2. I haven't actually listened to that, but I found this little tidbit somewhere. I can't recall where. I got to go find that though. I watched the video. I, there's nothing really impressive about it, honestly. I mean, given there are other videos that are so much more compelling, this one falls a little bit flat, but I don't see anything in particular that would make you hate it. But then I'm not Roger. So something I'd love to pick his brain on. This was the very first Queen remixed single. But as I said earlier, it's not really a remix in this, as far as, you know, the remix is termed this day and age. The remix of this song released as that single is a slightly sped up version resulting in a, a tweaked pitch. Actually, I've, I've read that other people have noticed the speed. It's just so ever so slightly sped up. It's almost inconceivable. But the pitch of it is also slightly raised because of that speed pushed just a touch. So it gives the song a slightly different flavor. Oh, and one more very interesting fun fact. Yes, the chord progression echoes that that you hear in the animal's House of the Rising Sun. 
It's not as grand or epic as House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising Sun is kind of in a, you know, it, it is in a league all its own. You know, House of the Rising Sun endures. I hear, hear and read people who love that song. The moment it was released back then in the 60s all the way to now, you got new fans all the time. That song is an innovative thing that sounds quite, except for the production maybe, timeless. But those chords, yeah, they're very, very echoed in back chat, in case you didn't notice. Pretty cool, huh? Band critique. Oh, I have comments. I love when I find comments. And no, they're not from John. Sadly, they're not from our composer. But they are from our man who loves to speak, Brian May, Dr. Brian May. In 1982 with On the Record, Brian corrected the interviewer who thought it was Brian playing rhythm guitar. He was like, oh no, that's actually John. Because <laughs> I think the, the interviewer was saying something along the lines of, that doesn't, that style doesn't really sound like you. You know, probably assuming that Brian would elaborate on why he played in such a style, but Brian was like, well, that's because that wasn't even me playing. And in a 96 article for bassists and bass techniques, History of John Deacon covers his progression as a songwriter in Queen and the pushback from fellow band members. Brian specifically, Brian said, and I find it interesting that <laughs> Brian, there's this Brian comment in a, in a history all about John Deacon, but here it is. Quote, in one track called Back Chat, there wasn't going to be a guitar solo. We had lots of arguments about it. And what he was heading for in his tracks was a totally non-compromise situation, doing black stuff as R&B artists would do it with no concessions to our methods at all. I was trying to edge him back towards the central path and get a bit of heaviness into it. So one night I said I wanted to see what I could add to it. It's called Back Chat and it should have some guts. And he agreed. So I went in and tried a few things. Now, I want to emphasize here that Brian is not bashing any kind of particular music necessarily. He just has his preferences for that rock heaviness. And Roger is like that too. So of course, the guys fight, they argue, they stand their ground, they come to a compromise. And honestly, when you listen to this song, I cannot even imagine it without the guitar solo or those heavy power chords. It's necessary for the evolution of this song because of the way the rest of it sounds. And we'll talk about that in more detail in just a little bit. I don't have anything bad to say about this. I read nothing bad about back chat. I don't read a whole lot about it in general, but whenever somebody says, writes anything, it's generally pretty big, heavy praise. People like back chat. And that says a lot for a band that, you know, is typically very heavy rock. I mean, people were really taken aback when the lead single for Hot Space was released and it was so different and we haven't got to that track quite yet. But Back Chat is also different. Save Brian's guitar. We don't have a lot of rock heaviness here, but people like Back Chat, people of all ages, people who've been Queen fans for a long time and Queen fans who are new to the awesomeness like Back chat. I do have some press praise as well. In 2000, and <laughs> well, I almost said 2002 or something weird like that. In 2022, Egon Ling of Far Out Magazine included this as one of the 40 best songs released in 1982 alongside popular hits 
Come on, Eileen. Gloria, Sexual Healing, 1999. By the way, wow. I think I, I remember reading that before that 1999 was released in 82, but it's funny whenever I see that and it reminds me again, and I'm like, that's not true, is it? <laughs> Talk about a song that stands the test of time, even though we're way past 1999. I love that track. John Millward of Rolling Stone referred to this as a, quote, hot rock funk tune with guitar tracks as slick as an icy dance floor. Ooh, that's hot. That's me. That's my comment, the hot comment. <laughs> The hot comment. What was that from? Paris Hilton? Oh, yeah, that's right. She used to say that all the time. But you know what? We're getting into the nitty gritty here. We're talking about Backchat and all the details, and I will talk more about the guitar because here it is, the breakdown, the countdown at the beginning, that running hi-hat. Ooh, guitar. But wait, that's John. Arpeggios, bass drum, falsetto Freddy. Ooh, yeah. That is a fantastic intro. Uh, th this intro is something... Okay, so here's the thing. It's extremely simple. I said it all. We got some hi-hat. We got some guitar arpeggios. We got that bass drum. We got Freddie. Very soft Freddie in the back. But what this does is it reels you in. You don't get a lot of subtlety like this from Queen very often. Usually it's bombastic and they're in your face. Yes, I think they, they're learning the art of subtlety a little bit more as they progress through their career, but this is one of the most unassuming things we've had yet, and honestly, it's just so juicy and enticing this way. Fantastic intro. Then the bass guitar sinks in. Rhythm guitar. Dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It's, it's like this running thing that's energizing. You can tell it's John in its precision and its staccato delivery. I'm not saying that Brian isn't precise, no. But there's something about John right on top of it, super tight and snappy, right on it. He's all about that. You can hear that this is his playing. A different tone compared to Brian. Snappy percussion, it claps, it drives, the simple chords reel us along in their slightly phased frequencies. You notice this? there's like a ringing tone in there. There's a high frequency that fades in and out with that phaser effect. Back chat, back chat, you've been all my energy. The secret to this song's appeal in its cyclic chord progressions is the subtle and sometimes screaming nuances in Freddie's vocal delivery. That's just one piece of it. His inflections, the breaths at the end of the words, the shouts and the spoken arrangements, the hey and all that jazz. It's key. Otherwise, this song features the same chords over and over. But we're back at it. Back chat, back chat, and you always get your way. And this, the chords break, the synth and rhythm guitar are on hold. Instead, the intro arpeggios are back. And now, Brian in power chords. Another shift away from the mesmerizing progression. It's a necessary burst of sound and aggression. Cowbell and Freddie on fire. Oh yeah, see what you've done to me. I love that transition from a singing, ringing out chest voice to that spoken phrase at the end. The next phrase, perhaps a verse, you know, we talked about this not being really a conventional song, twists the words a bit. We still get Freddie singing with himself. Every back chat appears all around us in surround sound, but then Freddie is featured front and center, right in the middle. 
You got me on the rack, twisting every word I say. You wind me up and get your way. I think I messed that up, but his delivery of this, though, up and down that scale, it's so flawlessly precise and in your face and delivered perfection. These are fighting words, aren't they? Twisting every word I say, you wind me up and get your way. Ooh, fighting words. And the production in this is slick. Appealing, the occasional tambourine and cowbell making a bright appearance. And we get some more melodic, soulful delivery here. Same phrasing, just entirely different. Twisting every word I say. Huh. Wind me up and let me play. Freddie's delivery is on fire. I love those inflections confident, insistent. You burn all my energy. Oh, the way he sinks in there. I can't do it like him because I don't have that deep voice of his. You can really hear the subtle reverb and delay on the vocals. Wonderful addition of sonic magic and production. And instead of another power chord round, we get a drum break. The bass hits the brakes, the drums syncopate. No melodies, just our lovely percussion. Roger. Another consuming explosion. There's so much going on here, even in its simplicity. And the chords reappear with some fantastic drum fills. Guitar swells and that, what that is? <gasps> yes, it's Brian finally appearing in all his lyrical playing glory. This is fabulous. He's singing through his guitar. It's like because he knows he's got this moment after fighting for it, literally. He's letting it shine. One of his funnest solos. Honestly, I only recently noticed how much time we get with just this instrumental magic, the percussion breakdown, Brian on that guitar, and he hits some really high gritty notes in that arpeggio arrangement, bent notes, distortion, tastefully used, a wonderful closing run, and more verse right here. Back off me. Be cool and learn to change your way. Cause you're talking in your sleep and you're walking in a daze. Oh, it's brilliant. It's clever, these words. They rhyme, but they're not too, it's not too trite, right? It's not too obvious. Notice how the phrasing changes in these verses and the choruses. You know, we started off with that back chat, back chat, and then we'd go into phrases. But here we get more soulful moments. We get longer phrases of expression. It's not so staccato. I love that variation. It keeps it interesting. And Brian digs in here and there like a battle with Freddie and those wonderful vocals. Like this one, suddenly he's in that higher octave and it's amazing. You stand so tall, you don't frighten me at all. Freddie in full chest voice and more thrilling and fun. Back chat, back chat. We go into the extended outro. Freddie improvising. Brian's right there with him in the left speaker. They float to the right, rising up the scale. Bent notes, so many of them, so bluesy. Freddie, go for it, go for it, baby. <laughs> Could you be giving me the runaround? Like an unending argument, back and forth with himself, back chat. It's a hard one to sing this song. It's so staccato. I've always struggled with that. You know, give me a jazzy number where I can slide into notes a lot, hold notes, lots of vibrato, easy peasy. But this, this kind of a thing, with all this energy, with all that start and stop, those strategically placed breaths here and there, those uh, those grunts and those groans and those sighs. You know, I just noticed actually, talking about how 
energized this is, the groove of it. But there's these specific lyrics that call out how you burn all my energy. But this is so energetic. Isn't that an interesting contrast? That just hit me right now. How could I be so <laughs> how could I be so blind to that? But that is the brilliance of Queen. It's so obvious you don't even notice it until suddenly <gasps> the light goes on. It's perfectly done. This is a great delivery from our favorite frontman, and this is a fantastic composition from our favorite bassist, Freddie and John. This truly is a little bit of a feature piece and almost instrumentally a solo piece for John Deacon and an impressive one at that. I do love this song. When I listen to it, it sticks in my head. Yeah, I've been researching it for a little bit here, but it does, it kind of lingers in there. It's like this bug that won't stop in my head sometimes, but it's a pleasant one. And I very much love this number. It's got a great energy about it, a little bit angst, chip on the shoulder. In fact, a different arrangement of this probably could have lived very comfortably on News of the World, simply because of its messaging. But then again, of course, we also had, you know, Death on Two Legs, the opener for A Night at the Opera. Man, I miss those albums. Those were great, huh? But we are right coming to approaching the middle of Queen's very electronic dance, Hot Space. And the next number... <laughs> okay, we've talked about some controversial Queen tracks. White Man, Get Down, Make Love, Fat Bottom Girls even has a little bit of a uh, don't try suicide. But this... It's not just how forward it is lyrically. It's not just the rapid shift in tone and style. It's everything about it. It's the video, the album, the single art, excuse me. It's all of it. This song more than any other, maybe, perhaps, almost, is extremely controversial and polarizing in the Queen fandom forever and always. And I can't wait to talk about it. Because depending on the day, I think my opinion shifts rapidly when it comes to that song. But closing out Back Chat again, ladies and gents, Back Chat, a great number. If you haven't listened to it, I urge you to do so. And I dare you not to bob your foot or your head or strut through your living room <laughs> like I often do. It's awesome. I wish we had more of all of them on the album, but it is a treat live on a stage. So go check out those performances as well. And I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. I'll try to do this a little bit more often. I have to confess, I've been a little bit distracted with my own music stuff. But that is for another adventure. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> I should watch that. Anybody here not a fan of the Hobbit films. I, they were fun, but they just didn't have the magic of Lord of the Rings. You know what I'm saying? Lord of the Rings is timeless. Lord of the Rings will be forever. Lord of the Rings is like my pinnacle of favorite films. But another conversation. I am going off on all kinds of tangents. I hope you guys have a wonderful night and a wonderful day and fantastic coffee and a great drink in the evening, maybe, and fun time with your family and friends. As we get into, yes, we are in the holiday season. I realize if you listen to this in the middle of summer, that's not going to make any sense, but this is my brain right now. Okay, you guys, I will talk to you later. Have a fantastic one. Until next time.